Hey everybody, welcome to The Favorite Show, the podcast where we talk about our favorite things. Every week we'll pick a different topic to discuss, and since best can be subjective, we talk about the things that are our favorites. My name's Aaron. Sean's not here, but I'm Shannon. (laughs) But in Sean's place, we have... Kristen! Yay! (laughs) Sean couldn't join us tonight, had some work stuff he had to take care of, so Sean, hopefully it went well. Of course, you're going to hear this like two weeks later, so (laughs) whatever. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us, and and this topic's going to be perfect for you, but uh, we'll get to that in just a second here. Before we jump in, I do have an email I want to read. It's from Elise Tolman from Alex's mom. Good to hear from you, Elise. She said, oh my goodness, I've been catching up and I realize I haven't emailed since October. I will try to be brief. Buckle up. There's a lot in here. (laughs) I always learn so much from your podcast, not just about the subject, but each of you. It's so fun. Oh, thank you. That's nice. My favorite cat is a tiger. I don't have TikTok, but just listening to all of you talk about your favorites tempted me. (laughs) My favorite pianist is my son, Dallin. I was so sad when he moved away from home because I wouldn't get to hear him practice anymore. Some of my hyper fixations have been collecting and polishing rocks, gardening, and making different jelly flavors. That's so cool. Which has turned into a profession. Currently, my fixation is scrapbooking because I want to de-junk my life and I need to get all my photos organized and out of boxes. Nice. My favorite sci-fi series is Stranger Things. My favorite potato food is a baked potato. I know, boring, but I love them. I did try gnocchi because of your discussion and found those quite tasty. They are, aren't they? They're so good. I don't play video games, so I usually fast forward through those episodes until almost the end because <laughs> I love how you do rapid fire and your banter makes me laugh. Thank you. In your Game Boy or Nintendo Switch episode, I can't remember which one, we got to the end and it came in where Shannon's sister was talking about an educational game she liked. It caught my interest and so I went back to the beginning and listened to the entire episode. Oh, cool. Oh. My favorite action-adventure movies are the three new Star Trek movies they made. I love how they made a new reality based off the old movies, and the characters were so amazingly like the old ones. And I love that they had Leonard Nimoy in them. Can you tell I grew up watching Star Trek? I did love him in that. It was good. Yeah. My favorite fantasy novels are those written by Anne McCaffrey. Is that how you say it? Anne Anne McCaffrey. I hope I'm saying that right. My favorite fish is salmon to eat. (laughs) No shame. My favorite love song is When You Say Nothing at All by Alison Krauss. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) My favorite sport is the one that my child or grandchild is playing in. Very good. My favorite baked goods are an old-fashioned donut and a good croissant. Yes. Yeah. My favorite animated Disney movie is Monsters, Inc. Who doesn't love Sully and Boo? I love Monsters, Inc. Arguably one of the best endings to a film ever. So good. Just perfect. Gets me every time. My favorite Christmas song is What Child Is This? It's set to the tune of an old English folk song called Green Sleeves. The lyrics to Green Sleeves are kind of ridiculous. Look them up if you want to roll your eyes. I think I'll do that. I'll have to take a look. <laughs> my favorite holiday food is Thanksgiving stuffing, my mom's recipe, of course. My favorite fictional animal is Tigger from the Winnie the Pooh books. My favorite docuseries is Superstructures on Disney+. And my favorite costume was when I made my infant third son a Curious George costume and his dad was the man in the yellow hat. Whew, I'm all caught up. I'll try not to do that again. I'll try to be more like Catherine. <laughs> oh, that's great. Keep up the good work. You always make me laugh, and I need that in my life. Elise, by the way, I love your April Fool's episodes. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you, that was glad impressive. you got the joke. That is a good list. I am very impressed. Oh, man. So good to hear from you again. And yeah, no no problem. If you don't have time to email, that's all good. We'll just get caught up like that once in a while. But uh, yeah, glad you're still listening and, and glad you're enjoying. And I am instantly going to go Google the lyrics to Greensleeves because <laughs> I, I got to see what weirdness this is. Yeah. Oh, this is funny. So I'm looking at the lyrics to Greensleeves right now. It's like a it's like a, a breakup song almost. Yeah. It's like lo- <laughs> lover scorned. Alas, my love, you do me wrong to cast me off discourteously. Wow, I didn't know. <laughs> I always thought it was much more Christmassy. I guess we changed the words or something, but... <laughs> 
That's very funny. <laughs> so we Pachelbel cannoned this one. Oh, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, I guess, is there some sort of statute of limitations on uh, <laughs> changing the words to songs to make them Christmassy? I hope so. Well, I guess with all that out of the way, we can get into this week's topic, which is our favorite desserts. Hence, Kristen is here. Uh, yum, 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 yum. Not just because you enjoy eating a sweet treat, it was as we all do, but Kristen, you, as we've talked about, make so many amazing things. And so uh, this seemed right up your alley. Well, and good golly, you just made the most delicious looking cake for your daughter's first birthday. That oh. thing looked amazing. For reals. So it was amazing. Tasty. So this is um, my fifth kid, uh, just turned one, and she's probably my only kid that actually ate her cake. I feel like most babies, like, they really do just smash it and make a mess. No, no, no. She actually devoured quite a bit of her cake. She enjoyed it. That is great. I enjoyed I watching that. the videos of her going face first into it. <laughs> Before we jump in, uh, I did want to actually also shout out real quick, Sean, uh, because Sean wasn't able to join us, he texted real quick and just said he wanted to make sure we mentioned raspberry bread pudding and day-old Texas fudge cake. It says they're just mm. so good. Yes. So I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about some of those in a minute here. But the, so that's that's Sean's shout outs there. As with most of my information, it came it comes from Wikipedia. So I pulled up the Wikipedia page for dessert. And there's some some fun information here. Dessert is a course that concludes a meal, which just off the bat there, like, isn't it a little like absurd that like this is such a first world thing of like, we just had a meal. We ate our food and we're full. You know what I could go for? Some more food, but real sweet food. Like <laughs> Doesn't well, that yeah. seem kind of ridiculous on, on its own? Like, we, Well, in the same <laughs> logic with appetizers, too. We're going to eat some food, so you know what we should do? Pre-game with some food. <laughs> and now we've had our food, eat. let's have an encore of food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like you, you won the pie-eating contest, and your prize is a pie, you know? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, that's exactly what it was, is the wealthy could af- afford sugar, and that's how they would flaunt their wealth is they'd be like, oh, yes, we just had a feast. But now, now let me show you how I'm real rich. <laughs> Bring out the sugar. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's, it's, it's true. It's absolutely true. Uh, Wikipedia says the term dessert can be applied to many sweets such as biscuits, cakes, cookies, custards, gelatins, ice creams, pastries, pies, puddings, macaroons, sweet soups. What? Tarts oh, no. and fruit salad. Fruit is also commonly found in dessert courses because of its naturally occurring sweetness. What the heck's a sweet soup? Is it just melted, like melted ice, ice cream? cream? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, I remember one year I was looking up some recipe on Food Network. I think I was looking for like Alton Brown's chocolate chip cookies or something. And he had a recipe for chocolate soup, which, yeah, I was like, isn't this huh. just melted chocolate? But it was like, yeah, it was melted chocolate and cream or something. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. That's ganache. (laughs) Right? That's that's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. I will say also, if you go to the Wikipedia page, you know, there's the different categories of like entomology and history and blah, blah, blah. There's a category that says gallery. If you ever are laying in bed at night and just want to get hungry, (laughs) click on that gallery. It's a joy to scroll through the Uh pictures of apple pie, baked Alaska, baklava, custard, bananas, foster, like it just goes on and on and like all these Aww. pictures. You know, sometimes Wikipedia pictures are not the best. These are all like make you hungry <laughs> pictures. They look so good. <laughs> oh man. 
But yeah, Kristen, you're you're absolutely right on the, the history of desserts. Historians can trace desserts to various regions. Some uh, areas of India have uh, evidence of desserts from 500 BC. Sugarcane was grown and refined in India and was crystallized, making it easy, easy to transport by 500 AD, which of course made it uh, tradable and easier to get around. Uh, Sugarcane was little known and rare in Europe until the 12th century when the Crusades and the colonization spread its use. And uh, yes, e- even then, sugar was so expensive, usually only the wealthy could indulge and only on special occasions. The first apple pie recipe was published in 1381, and the earliest documentation of the term cupcake is from a cookbook from 1828. Frozen foods, including desserts, became popular starting in the 1920s. Wow. So, oh. There's a little history lesson. It's not just for the rich no more. We can we can all have our sugar. <laughs> so yeah, let me. I'm gonna jump right into the first one on my list, which I know we've talked about at length. We had a whole episode about it, and Kristen, you were here for that. But my favorite dessert easily is ice cream. Hooray! Mm. Yes. It, it's funny, as I was making my list, I had the broad topic of, like, the general thing, and then I got specific about which specific kind it is. So, again, I know we talked about this uh, at length with our ice cream episode, uh, which was fantastic, but that was a long time ago, so I'll, I'll, I'll go in a little more. Ice cream variations, uh, things like sorbets and things like that, go back quite a ways, but the actual making of ice cream where you're able to add salt to ice, which changes the melting point of ice, is what causes the endothermic effect. And that is my big word of the day that I had to, I couldn't even remember it. I had to look it up. too solid. That's all I got. (laughs) Yep. It it, it draws the heat from the cream, which allows it to freeze. And that's what actual ice cream uh, as a basic form is. I absolutely love Moose Tracks ice cream. I love any kind of chocolate ice cream, but especially that Moose Tracks that's all full of fudge and like chocolate chunks and uh, peanut butter cups and all that stuff is so good. It is decadent. And I also Also. love, I know it's technically different, but it's the same family. I love a good, thick chocolate custard. Uh, We talked about Coney's. It was amazing. Love it in Vegas. Uh, There's there's some amazing custard places out, and a good, thick chocolate custard is so good. But anyway, yeah, ice cream's top of my list. Kristen, do you have more to add to that? Because if not, I have a very applicable Lead in, which was specifically <laughs> Moose Tracks ice cream. <laughs> well, let's just go with you then. I mean, because I didn't, well, just real quick, I guess. I, I wasn't sure how to divide up my favorites because I feel like typically I'm able to like do categories, you know, like talking about cats. You guys were like, like fictional cats and like real cats and social media cats and whatever. I had no idea how to split up desserts. So yeah. I was like, do I do like frozen versus versus baked? Do I do like cookies and cakes and bars? Anyway, so I I ended up doing my favorite overall, my favorite to make, my favorite to buy, my favorite for a quick one, my favorite when I want to be fancy. I like but, this very much. That's, These yeah, are all great. valid and good ideas. Yes. <laughs> anyway, but I, ice cream is definitely my favorite to buy. I feel like you get a good flavor from like a good homemade vanilla ice cream, but it's hard because you need like those commercial stabilizers to really get like that nice soft but firm ice cream that you can get in the store. And then there's like all the mix-ins and stuff. So if I want a milkshake, if I want some like a good ice cream is just something that I will buy. That is not something I can make myself. So, oh, that's good. Now, sorry, Shannon, back to your, back, back to your <laughs> back segue. To you. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I was just, I'm not a huge 
chocolate person. I prefer vanilla for the most part, except for when it comes to fudge, hot fudge, the fudge swirls and moose tracks. They are so, so good. And so I looked up specifically moose tracks and it was funny because they were like learn about the strange origin of our name and whatever and it's interesting because yeah there's different off brands like blue bunny i think does like bunny tracks or something and instead of the little reese's peanut butter cups they're in the shape of like the bunny logo Mm -hmm. i was kind of thinking that same thing with like the moose tracks on the packaging i was like oh well it's Those peanut butter cups are supposed to be the moose tracks. No, it's not. There was across the street from a golf course named Moose Tracks. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's right. Yes, it's true. And actually, we may we may have brought this up in the ice cream episode, but Moose Tracks, yeah, is a is a patented flavor, and that's why you see different parent companies making their own Moose Tracks. You know, you have Kroger Moose Tracks, and you have Private Selection Moose Tracks, and you have you have all these different parent or like. uh, what's what's the word? You have all these different companies that make this like recipe or whatever because it's like a patented recipe, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. But yeah, it's those fudge swirls in there. If I could have the ice cream that is mostly that and just a little <laughs> bit of ice cream, I'm set. It's so good. You're just like mom. <laughs> yes, I am. That's the very next one on my list is hot fudge. <laughs> So, (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, mostly hot fudge, a little bit of ice cream. I'm good. Well, that's mom and dad. Every time they would go to Lovett's and get ice cream, as mom would get a hot fudge sundae, she would eat all the fudge with, you know, the little bit of ice cream that melted, and then she'd give the rest to dad, and he'd eat the rest of the ice cream. (laughs) Or she would buy those, like, chocolate bars from Costco, and she would eat all the chocolate off the outside, and then she'd hand (laughs) the ice cream bar to dad. (laughs) And it's just always been that way. She likes... She likes the chocolate and toppings and stuff and the, the creamy desserts she uh, she leaves to dad. That's pretty funny. So any more to say about hot fudge, Shannon? Do you eat it on anything besides ice cream or is it? No, I tried once because I made homemade hot fudge um, a couple of times and like it's okay. How do you do that? You were about to ask, and I, yeah, no, so mom had, <laughs> mom had a good recipe for hot fudge in one of, like, the old Relief Society cookbook kind of stuff that she had, and it's fine. It's not a good thick fudge consistency, though, and there are ones you can find online that it's it involves blending it, actually, to get it to stay kind of that more fudgy consistency for some reason, but I actually found from... A food blog, of course. They have to tell their life story before they get to their course, personal yeah. recipe for hot fudge. Yep. Um, sure. But in that life story, they also included a bit of the history of fudge. And so take it what you will from Kitchen Lane. In this article, they were talking about how hot fudge actually originated from failed batches of just regular fudge. And it wouldn't ever set. And so it got to the point that they were like, well, I if it's not going to set and I've got this undercooked fudge, then maybe I'll start serving it warm on ice cream or like bananas or things like that. And so then that's how it was started to specifically get made. So, but instead of creating it the same way, it, most modern fudge recipe or hot fudge recipes have corn syrup in them, which have anti-setting properties. So mm. it never actually turns into that candy fudge. It stays kind of runny. So... There you go. 
Nice. Well, I got tangenty. You asked the question about, do I ever put on anything else? So yeah, I tried to make homemade hot fudge. It's fine. It's not the same consistency, but you end up with a lot of it. And so <laughs> you start to make soup because you have too much hot fudge with your ice cream, or you start experimenting <laughs> and like leftover fortune cookies. Do you try some of those in hot fudge and you just you see what you got and it, it's fine. That's funny. It's almost chocolate fondue at that point. You're just dipping stuff in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice. Well, that leads into one of my top picks, which is lava cakes. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Those are real good. And I just have a recipe that I found within the last year that you can make them in the Instapot. If you have like one of those like silicone, like egg bite mold things, they're really goofy looking. But there's a recipe that you make little tiny chocolate lava cakes in them. And it takes, I think, like 20 minutes from start to finish, from the mixing to the cooking to the taking them out to eat them. And they're just the right size. And you eat it with some vanilla ice cream. And oh, they're so yummy. So I always call them lava cakes. Technically, according to Wikipedia, they're called molten chocolate cakes. Hmm. Sounds great. But they were invented in 1981. They're fairly recent. Wow. And they were invented by this guy who was inspired by hot chocolate. Uh, He'd gone skiing and he, his family was enjoying hot chocolate. And he's like, you know what? I want that as a cake. And so it took him two years to kind of figure it out. And chocolate lava cakes became really popular in the 1990s. And then kind of were everywhere. So that's wild to think that that's like, they're so recent. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, they're just – they're one that I would never have them by themselves, though. Like, that's one you have to pair it with some vanilla ice cream. Like, you just – it's so good together that way. Yeah, I would agree. That That is a really good pairing. It's funny how a lot of these uh, these desserts go well with each other. It's like, we can't just have one sweet thing. We need, like, two or three <laughs> sweet things all working together to combine their sweet forces. Right? Well, and why is it that you have these, like, rich, heavy chocolate desserts and you're like, I'm going to lighten it up with some whipped cream or some vanilla ice cream. It's like, you don't think of whipped cream as being something, like, light and refreshing. You're like, this is a sweet dessert that, you know, is super fatty and no, no, no. It lightens it up. Yeah. Or like you have like a cup of milk with your cake or your cookies. You know, somehow it cuts through the richness. And I will say, I guess because we're Americans, we're talking about a lot of like typically American desserts. I know I've gone to like restaurants, you know, European places or whatever, where they they have all of their kind of like European desserts and stuff. And like, I'm always like, oh, they're not, they're not that sweet. They're not that sweet. And I'm like, oh no, it's, they're, that's like standard. Americans are the ones who are like, (laughs) let's make it as sweet as we can, you know? Yes. (laughs) Who was, was, wasn't somebody saying about the uh, Great British Bake Off? Great British Bake Off. Oh yeah. I talked about it on the the baking episode that's There's right this, okay first off i just barely am watching the new the newest season i don't know why it took me so long but they just did a mexican episode now. which watching a bunch of british people trying to make mexican food is both upsetting and amusing <laughs> um, oh, no. their final challenge they had to do was they had to make like a stacked and filled cake you know like a wedding cake kind of a thing uh-huh but it had to be tres leche cake. Oh. You can't stack those. Yeah, they're, that's not a stackable oh. cake. <laughs> it, it was like a train wreck watching it. And Paul, he was either like, oh, yes, this is too dry. You know, you didn't soak it enough. Or he'd be like, oh, you you, you can see you're 
liquid is leaking out the bottom and it's like well duh sir you <laughs> it's know supposed to <laughs> you've given them an impossible task how in the world <laughs> that's funny anyway but yes with the sweetness the they totally did an episode where they one of the challenges was american style pie <laughs> and nobody made it in a pie tin they all used like tart tins which are completely different they're mm-hmm. much more shallow and anyway don't get me started on the technicalities um <laughs> you, every- you know you would know Kristen. <laughs> but every single one that paul ate he's like oh it's much too sweet oh it's much too sweet <laughs> and i'm like paul it's That's american pie thing. it's key lime pie yeah. it's pumpkin pie it's somebody did pecan pie or pecan pie and it's like it's sugar it's sugar Pie is yeah. pretty much what that is. Yeah. Like, come it's on. candied pecans is all. Oh, man. Yeah, get over here. We'll show you sweet. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Speaking of tres leches, shout out to our sister-in-law, Teresa. She makes the most delicious one. And she, back when she used to live in Utah, that thing was my favorite. And there have been a couple of birthdays since they've moved that I've been like, that's all I want is Teresa's tres leches. It's, it's so, so yummy. Good. It's true, yeah. Have you ever had chocolate tres leches cake? Yes, Oh, it's so good. No, but I've had better than anything cake, which is like, I think basically chocolate tres leches, but it's probably much. not because it's like sugar overload. That one's too much. As Well, that one, you had a caramel very, in the mix. Yeah, I was like, as a very standard, oversweetened American, it's too sweet at that point <laughs> that I find myself being like, mm. no, chocolate cake was good. The hot fudge, the chocolate sauce, the caramel sauce, the whipped cream, the toffee, it's all good. All together. Ooh, that's too much. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little bit goes a long way, I guess. Well, since we're talking about tres leches, I actually had on my list, two, my two favorite cakes are uh, Texas fudge cake, which we talked about a lot, but we, mm. I don't mind talking about more, and tres leches cake. I love tres leches. For anybody who's not familiar, uh, it's Spanish for three milk cake, and that's called that because it's a, it's a sponge cake soaked in three kinds of milk, evaporated milk, condensed milk, and whole milk. So it's a, it's a, yeah, just a, like a, a light spongy cake and you like poke some holes in it and you just like soak it in all this, all this liquid. Uh, most of the time have, or a lot of times when I've had it, it's had like a really nice, like, like a whipped cream almost type of, type of frosting on top or whatever. And it's just so good. And it's like, it's especially good when it's served chilled. I love when it's, when it's cold and it's the sort of cake that, you know, we've talked about, uh, with Texas fudge cake, like it's good when it's fresh, but it's even better. Like the day after when it's had a chance to really like everything soak in and fill in together. Trace Leche is the same way. Like when it's, when it's fresh, like you, you let it soak for a while and it's good, but like a day or two later, honestly, after it's been in the fridge for all that time is when I think it's absolutely the best. It's just like oh, yeah. super like sweet and like soft and like wet. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. a weird way to describe it, but like it is like, it's, I just, I love it so much. I've definitely asked Teresa to make it for my, for me for my birthday too. <laughs> <laughs> and I've made it myself once or twice as well. Uh, and it's it's a it's a good one and and not a particularly hard recipe. Nope. You know, I Kristen, you're a real baker and you and I I do not consider myself a, a good baker. Um I like to cook, but baking is is next level stuff. But I can make a tres leches that I think turns out pretty darn good. And uh yeah, I love that stuff, man. It's so good. Well, I found that like compiling a list of my favorite desserts, um, all of my, well, all, most of my favorites have a kind of like custard or cream component. I love anything like cheesecake or something with a custard filling, that like creamy stuff, anything that uses like cream cheese in it. Ooh, that's, that's something that I'll want to make and mm-hmm. I'm going to want to eat. But I think probably one of my favorite desserts 
that was a bit of an acquired taste was tiramisu. So tiramisu is made with a really um, light, crispy cookie called a ladyfinger that you soak traditionally in coffee, and then you layer it with a mascarpone cheese custard like cream layer and then you cover the whole thing with chocolate and I make a variation with hot with hot chocolate instead of coffee because I don't drink coffee but but yeah there uh the mascarpone cheese is tangy like cream cheese but it's just a little different um and I think the first time I had it I I wasn't too sure <laughs> I was like I don't I don't I don't know if I like this or not but it's it's rich and it's delicious and it's just that creaminess and it's mm. And that's another one that didn't really come about until the 1960s. So also a fairly recent dessert, but it is yummy. Nice. Yeah. I, that's, that's one that I feel like you you get in this set of mindset of like, I know what I like. And so you go to restaurants and places like that. I'm always like, oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds cool. But I'm just going to get chocolate cake. (laughs) I'm just going to get ice cream. (laughs) And so when I finally decided to open myself up to new experiences (laughs) and try it, I really enjoyed it very much. Yeah. Tiramisu is one of those uh, cakes that is always disappointing for me because they look delicious. I don't like how coffee tastes, though. So that's, Kristen, I got to try yours someday because that's always my thing. I'm like, oh, this looks so good. Gross, it tastes like coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Coffee's one of those things. I love the smell. I love, like, the idea, like, I don't know, like, just this image in my mind of, like, bookstores, like, bookstores and coffee. Those go, like, hand in hand with in my mind. But, like, the one time I've tasted coffee, I was like, (laughs) Yeah, I'm neither. I don't care for the smell, and I think it tastes like how it smells, so I'm out. Fair. <laughs> Got it. Fair. Well, this is not the not favorite show. The- anyway, the good thing is Kristen's tiramisu. <laughs> yes, so the hot cocoa tiramisu is really good. So you take the lady fingers, and yeah, you dip them. Who decided like- to name that dessert? Who uh, came up with that? Right. <laughs> You know, it'd be really yummy. Some lady fingers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, oh. we just we just described it again. Here's this cookie. Here's this dessert for you. You know what would make it better? Let's soak it in something else sweet. And then let's <laughs> bake it in a cake with layers of other sweet yeah. things. <laughs> my goodness. It's true. It's so true. But yeah, tiramisu is definitely one of my favorites. I have a bunch more I can rapid fire later. I think I just had one more, like, with details that I wanted to talk about. But we can come back to me. We can move on to someone else first. (laughs) I don't know how many I have in detail, but speaking of having a good thing and adding more good thing to it, I love a good root beer float. Oh, yeah. Yum. Root beer floats are good and all the variations of them are good. Um, I know mom and I, we enjoy a good root beer freeze, which is this that you blend it so it's like a root beer float milkshake. A purple cow that you're using grape soda instead of root beer or creamsicle version that is orange soda instead. There's so many good variations of the root beer float. And I kind of tried to look it up as far as like origins of it. The internet is divisive on that one. (laughs) So the basic gist that supposedly may have been what it was is that they ran out of ice. And so they used ice cream and the customers really liked it. Is that true? Doesn't sound true. So I don't know, but whatever. I have never once in my life Never once have I thought, oh, I don't have any ice. Ice cream will do. (laughs) Never. (laughs) 
it's funny. Those are not interchangeable. I also, the other thing that's nice about a root beer flow is that there's so many different kinds. N- even if you just stick with root beer, like there's so many different kinds of root beers out there that have different like flavor notes to them and uh, different vanilla ice creams that, you know, some are, some are creamier, some are w- whatever, like trying to find like the right combination too. Like you can, you can really go down a rabbit hole with that. It's true. I think I prefer a root beer with a little more bite to it if I'm using it for a root beer float because the ice cream's so creamy and sweet. like Yeah, it's automatically going to make yeah. it creamy. You don't necessarily need to start with a really creamy root beer, which mm-hmm. if I'm just having a root beer, that's that's my go-to is really creamy. But yeah, just dumping yeah. <laughs> dumping vanilla ice cream in, it's going to solve that problem too. So yes. yeah. Aaron, you, you need to do a favorite root beer episode sometime. Yes. Yes. That'd be a good one. I do need to. For anyone that doesn't know, Aaron has tried how many root beers now? He He's a root beer connoisseur. I'm up to 109. Ooh, nice. So, and, and the story is actually for anybody who, who hasn't heard. So uh, Stephanie's grandpa, Bill, who just recently uh, passed away, he was the, the founding member of the family root beer club. And it was basically all the, uh, uh, it, was, it was me and like uh, a bunch of the cousins and stuff. And like, just because grandpa Bill loved root beer. And so every time we'd get together, Together, we he just had a like a, a fridge in his in his garage that um, actually it was a fridge and a freezer. The freezer side was always stocked with ice cream, and the fridge side always had a bunch of bottled root beers. Wherever he went or or whatever, if he found a new type of root beer that he hadn't tried before, he would always try it. And so when I married into the family, I I joined the root beer club, and so I started keeping a spreadsheet, and I only count the glass bottle root beers uh, unless it's like a root beer on tap somewhere or like you know a specialty thing but yeah so i just every time i find a new one i try it and yeah i'm up to i'm up to 109 i finally found i actually just it's been a while since i found any new ones uh and just a uh, like a month or two ago we were down in san diego uh for a wedding and we went to this shop that was all like soda and root beer and i found like three new ones and i was like yes Ooh. this is amazing so i've got my list and and uh they're rating out of five stars of how much i like them so <laughs> it's a it's a long one and that's that'll be another one for uh, if there's a, a week where nobody else is around, it's just me. I'm just going to talk about root beer the whole time. <laughs> Perfect. One other fun fact before we move on from root beer floats. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole section on Wikipedia for regional names. I guess in Australia and New Zealand, they call ice cream floats spiders. What? Which, what? I'm like, that sounds terrible. But it's because, and I was like, okay, if I would have finished the sentence, it makes sense. It says, because once the carbonation hits the ice cream, it forms a spiderweb-like reaction from mm. the bubbles. Uh, when they pop, it looks like spider webs. But I'm like, mm. for living in a place that has spiders that will kill you, why <laughs> yeah. are we calling such a tasty uh, treat a spider? <laughs> yeah, I don't love that name, <laughs> and I will never <laughs> use it. <laughs> I will give give my endorsement earlier you said about doing root beer floats with sodas other than root beers. Yes. Uh, uh, orange soda is really good. Grape soda is really good. Dr. Pepper is is, is quite good, yeah, actually. Is. So I haven't tried Mountain Dew. I don't know how that would be. Um, but I yeah, did it I, with a Mountain Dew Major Melon, and it tasted like summer. So what? there's that for you. <laughs> oh, all right. So now I, that's, again, we're going down the rabbit hole of of. <laughs> I have vanilla ice cream with so many different kinds of sodas. Well, we would always for New Year's uh, do like sherbet with Sprite. 
that was always really good. But like the internet's also saying to try with like chocolate ice cream. I don't know how I feel about chocolate ice cream and soda. That doesn't sound like it would go well. But See, I, I actually think it might be good because I remember there was a diner. I've seen it on the menu at several diners where you can order yeah. a brown cow, which is a root beer float with chocolate syrup. And that turns out really good. So maybe, yeah, maybe chocolate ice cream in the root beer would be good too. Hmm. We got to have a tasting test, I'm pretty sure. We'll have to do it. (laughs) I like it. Um, Well, the last one I wanted to talk about just real quick, getting into pie territory. And I know, again, we talked about pie. We had a whole episode about it. But I definitely am a cream pie uh, type of guy. I like fruit pies. They're good. But uh, any of the any of the cream style, uh, I guess, yeah, Kristen, I guess we're kind of similar of, of like a like a, a, a creamy or a custardy type of thing. But I love a banana cream pie. Stephanie makes yeah. an amazing key lime pie that is so good. Ooh. But I just had to give my quick shout out to that because because yeah, banana banana cream pies, chocolate cream pies, lemon, all all of those. They're just they're just so good. They're really tasty. Yeah, for sure. Our favorite has always been the lemon supreme pie from Village Inn. Oh, yeah. Which is very different from lemon meringue. And we got into that at the pie episode. That's right, yes. (laughs) Lemon supreme is so good. Lemon and kind of cream cheese, whipped cream, delicious. Love it. What else we got? Kristen, you got more for us? The last one that I kind of wanted to talk about in a little detail is uh, my fancy dessert, and that is creme brulee. Ooh, yeah. Which is so yummy. So creme brulee is a custard base that you bake in a bon marie or a water bath. Um, The reason that you cook it that way is the water can't get above a certain temperature or else, you know, it'll turn to steam and disappear. So it controls the temperature of whatever is cooking in the water. Anyway, so you cook your custard, and then you put sugar on top of it, and then you caramelize that with like a blowtorch or something. So it gets all hard and crunchy. And so you can break that crunchy top, and then you get the creamy inside. And uh, traditionally, it's vanilla. Uh, This was invented in the late 1600s by the French of course, and they are very, oh, let's see if I can find the phrase that made me, made me laugh when I was reading the article about it. Snooty. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Pretentious. <laughs> Stuck up. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, yes, here it is. Creme brulee was generally uncommon in both French and English cookbooks of the 19th and 20th centuries. It became extremely popular in the 1980s, a symbol of that decade's self-indulgence and the darling of the restaurant boom. (laughs) Probably popularized by, I apologize, sir, Sirio Macchioni at his New York restaurant Le Cirque. He claimed to have made it the most famous and by far the most popular desserts in restaurants from Paris to... Uh, some city I can't pronounce. Well, well. Um, <laughs> this I just guy. Love, I made it the most famous. This <laughs> is a crème I have made it the best it ever has been. Oh, boy. Come to my restaurant. It's turning into Italian. I gotta stop. I love it. <laughs> I just love the symbol of that decade's self-indulgence. Because there really is, like, there is nothing simple or... Uh, I, like, I can't even think of words to describe it that are not like pretentious words that are like so <laughs> just like rich and decadent and fancy. And it just it's so yummy. And it, it's just one that 
yeah, when I'm feeling really fancy and I want something fancy, I go for the creme brulee. It does feel like extra, like not only are we going to have, okay, more food after we've already eaten probably multiple (laughs) courses and let's have more that's sweet. And then we're like, let's just try to, let's just do stuff to this. Like I'll cook it, but I'm only going to cook it this specific way with this like water bath and I'm, let's get to the top. Oh, I can't just have this sprinkled on top. Let's get the flame torch out and make it all crisp. (laughs) Like we're just, now we're just being extravagant for extravagance sake, (laughs) but it's really good. (laughs) It's so good. It it is. (laughs) I'm glad there are people who understand food and how it works and how to, how to make it good. Because I feel like if I was just experimenting in the kitchen, like, well, I'm going to try doing this and let's get out the flamethrower and stuff. Like I'd just be in, I'd just end up with garbage. Like (laughs) I wouldn't make anything. So it's props to who, to these people who actually invent some of these foods for like you know, knowing how to cook and coming up with good stuff. It's it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I don't know. My last one I can probably do. The only one that I really have like a story to go with is a good bear claw, but specifically from a local donut shop that we've got called Daylight Donuts. They do these filled bear claws that... They do, again, I guess we're a very cream-based family. They do like a cream cheese kind of filling and fruit. And they are so good. Just a basic glazed bear claw. And the reason though, like they're they're just delicious. That's that's the big thing about them. <laughs> but at this point, there are definitely some nostalgia too, because I don't even know how many years ago now, on my birthday, Alex got up when they opened at like 4 or 5 a.m. or something because they sell out quick because they're so good. And he went and bought me um, a half dozen of these Daylight Donut Bear Claws so we could have them for breakfast together before we both went to work for the day because I think it was a day he had work like all day long. And so then it kind of became the tradition that every year on my birthday, Alex would wake up and he'd go to Daylight Donuts at like 5 a.m. and bring me home hot, fresh donuts that... Were so good. And I think because of their popularity, it used to just be that they had like their cream and strawberry filled. Oh, sounds so good. So good. That's their best one, I think. Eh, It's one of their best ones. But they've since branched out. And so now they also have like a lemon cream and Mm. they have a Nutella one that is okay. But they have like, if you can imagine a fruit pie filling, they have it in this donut and it's so good. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. So amazing. Oh, my mouth's watering. I know. (laughs) I need dessert right this minute. Yes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Anything else we want to talk about real quick, or should we rapid fire at the end? I've got a bunch I can rapid fire on if we want to. Wrap it up. I'm sure okay. I could talk in detail about more if you want. Yes, me I to, could. Too. But that's all I prepared. <laughs> um, I got a big old list. <laughs> Lots good. of yummy things. Well, in that case, I yeah, let's let's wrap it up and we'll we'll wrap it fire at the end here. So, Kristen, thank you again so much for joining us. This is really fun. Well, thanks for having me again. You brought a lot of expertise to our conversation today, which so is very very oh, nice. I just really love food, especially <laughs> sweet food. Oh. 
Yum, yum, yum. Well, this is probably a good spot to wrap it up. But as usual, we want to hear what you think. Send us an email at thefavoriteshow at gmail.com. Look us up on Instagram at thefavoriteshowpodcast. Let us know your favorite desserts. We barely scratched the surface. There's so many amazing things out there. Let us know what your favorites are. Also, let us know if you have suggestions for future topics or guests or whatever. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And we'd love a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And if you don't feel like giving us a five-star rating, it's because we have made you so hungry and so mouthwateringly craving uh, these sweet treats and desserts and I'm sorry, but also I'm not that sorry because <laughs> you should just go get yourself a treat, right? I don't, treat I don't yourself. Care. Treat yourself. If you're heading to work in the morning, I know like 9 a.m., 8 a.m., whatever you're heading into work is like early for ice cream Sunday. Just do it. Just go it's for it. It's not too early for a donut. It's never Yay! too early for something sweet. It's never too late for something sweet. Dessert is the universal food. You can have it anytime. So just, just go get some. And I guess that'll do it for this week. Until next week, my name's Aaron. Kristen here. Hey, there we go. I'm Shannon. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to y'all later. Bye. Cue the music. Brownies. Orange Julius. Our mom's cinnamon rolls. Extra brown sugary and extra icy. Pumpkin pie. Bomboloni or uh, filled Italian donuts. Bordeaux truffles from seas. Banana pudding. Swiss meringue buttercream. A good chocolate ganache and chocolate mousse. Flan. Beignets. A peanut butter Oreo milkshake. Any cookie from Crumble. I love that place. <laughs> Calling back to our hyperfixation episode, I think Crumble was a hyperfixation for me because we couldn't get enough of them. And the last couple times we've had them, I like haven't touched them. <laughs> sugar cookie bars. You know, like those Granny Bees Ooh. sugar cookies yeah. with like the pink frosting. I make like bars, so they're way easier to make, but they taste just like those. I made a variation of the Crumble churro cookie. Ooh, as the bars. Nice. So they're like churro bars and they're so good. Nice. So it's great. It's a lot of sugar. But man, yummy. Utah mint truffles. Churros. Cheesecake filled strawberries. Strawberry shortcake with like a fresh whipped cream. And I actually prefer it with pound cake to shortcake. Peanut butter bars, especially the kind they made in elementary school. I don't know how they did it. Oh. They were perfect. <laughs> yes, they were. Clotted cream and lemon curd on some fresh biscuits. I'm out. I didn't prepare a long list. I just figured I'd say yeah to whatever you guys say. Cruller <laughs> <laughs> donuts are so good. Yum. Those are very tasty. Made from shoe pastry, which is the same thing that like cream puffs are made from. What is it called again? Shoe. Gives you time. But it's spelled. <laughs> <laughs> Set you right up for that one. You did. You did. You got good. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> couple of the favorites in my family that I've made for birthdays over the years. Carrot cake, cheesecake, chocolate peanut butter mousse brownie cake, chocolate chip cake with cookie dough filling. What did I make for Aurora the one year? Like an Oreo cake with mint uh, yeah. cream cheese filling. Yeah, oh, you made that one for cheese. me once. It was good. I Next time you're in town, I request Fiona's cake. That cookie dough filling, oh, that looks good. This cake. It's so easy to do. You could do it. You say that. You've said that lots of times. And I don't think that you keep saying that word. I don't think it means what you think it means.